0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. On today's episode of The Kindness Project, we've out mugs, circus acts, and we have part three of our interview with George Kinder from the Kiner Institute. Welcome Go. to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by a man... <laughs> what and- was that? I'm joined by a man that likes to pour coffee all over himself. <laughs> and a girl that just found out she's joining a blitz tonight. <laughs> you
1: joining a blitz? We're
0: cleaning. We're oh, well, you were going, you're going for a blitz. Sorry, and that was a man who likes... A uh, little bit
1: Who's
0: him... found the joy in singing on this podcast? Who uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> loves a bit of an in singing. I think just to make me spill my hot drink, it's uh, Russell Dames joining us live and in person unusually. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, Russell? I'm not too bad, thank you. I've had a very good week. Tell me about your week. So we jointly ran an expo yesterday. Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, a lot of people turned up. Yeah. And... Good event. I was extremely nervous, but it turned out well. We had the politician turn up. We yeah. had uh, the, the politician. I'm talking about like there's only one politician in the world. It wasn't Boris, by the way. He's too busy at parties. Um, <laughs> uh, well, was, let's
1: not get too political.
0: We're not getting, political. we never get political on the kindness project. But come on, Boris, you can't turn up at a party what? and get over it. What? I'm not getting political. I'm not getting political. Um, And, yeah, it was a good day, wasn't it? Loads of our favourite business people turned up in our part of the world, uh, which is just on the East London um, Essex borders, uh, a little place called Havering. Um, And it it was a really... Really lovely event. um So that that's been uh, a particular I've a highlight. highlight. I've had a few highlights. I've been sort of in the office and doing stuff. Don't move the cupcake, please. Can you please put the cupcake back? Thank you. I've, I've,
1: just, I've just been handed a mug hmm. and I know exactly where that's going. Upstairs. Straight in my uni box.
0: Oh yes. Yeah, I've got
1: a security one, and now
0: I'm gonna have a, a well. One. And this isn't an, an unofficial question of the podcast. But uh, uh, there it is. this isn't a, an a visual question in the podcast. But another visual question of the podcast is: uh, when you go away to uni, what are you going to definitely take in your um, case? My collection of uh,
1: my collection of business branded mugs. <laughs>
0: so you got a collection. What I've doing? got
1: I've got four.
0: You got four. <laughs> Who you
1: got? Uh, so I've got.
0: Is it like Pokemon? You got a Gyarados? <laughs> no, so I've got. You know, Business mugs, you gotta catch them all. That's my <laughs> singing. Done.
1: Uh, you know, the security company ones. One by night. I've got two of those.
0: They're not even sponsoring us. Why are we mentioning all these firms? I've, I've got two of those.
1: I've got another one, and it's got some circles on the front. <laughs>
0: Who's that from? <laughs> I don't
2: East
0: London <laughs> Business <laughs> Place, she's she's there. Uh, other sponsorships are available. Argus account in- accounting, other other sponsorships are that nobody <laughs> pays us <laughs> any money <laughs> to sponsor <laughs> and we're yeah, mentioning yeah. all these businesses. You know, we we should put this in, we should put this in as part of the subscription. <laughs> You know what? Getting mentioned on the kindness project yeah. might be a good, might be a good little, uh, good little number. But no, none of those businesses sponsor us. We we haven't got any sponsors, unfortunately, you on you the so kindness projects. Um, really uh, my But we do, we, we do, we do appreciate the merch. I'm currently drinking tea out of a, a mug with two bears on uh, that just says Danny Bear one of my favourites, but not as favourite <laughs> and not as um, impressive as the mug that I got from Grayson Perry's Art Club uh, exhibition that's just got a picture of Chris Whitty on going, Chris Whitty is watching you. I love that one. What's your favourite mug, Russ? I don't use much. I use travel cups. Travel cups? What's your favourite travel cup? Uh, probably
1: my Costa mug.
0: Uh, Russ! <laughs> Why <laughs> are you mentioning Costa. <laughs> Costa? They don't sponsor us, Russ. Right. Why is the customer so good? We we can mention everybody else but Costa. I'm 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 am I'm a SME business champion. Costa's big. Why is the customer so good? I, I just like it. Right? Is it a particular field? Do you like Costa coffee? No. Uh yeah. In salt coaster. What Coaster coffee do you like in particular? Do not shopping coaster. <laughs> what Coaster coffee do you like in particular? I I like the uh like like the coolers I do. Oh yes. Like yes. the strawberry cooler. The strawberry, and
1: oh, yeah. strawberry
0: and cream. Oh yes, strawberry and cream coaster cooler. <laughs> um uh, caramel so just quick question. Who's sending the email about to Costa about sponsoring the podcast. Is it you, Russ? Yeah, uh, well, I send every other email. But... That's true, that's true. Um, well, ladies and gents, thank you again for joining us Joining us on the podcast. What we'd love to know, an official question of the podcast, and one will probably, as we run out of podcast questions quite quickly at the minute, want to ask as an official question of the podcast, what's your favourite mug? And what 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 is on your favourite mug? We're going to ask that as a a visual question.
1: I've, I've got two mugs that were bought for me for my birthday that are very good. Glenda, Go part of my business mugs collection. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a name for my business mugs collection. I'm biz mug. mug my biz mugs. Biz mugs. Biz mugs. Um, that just one of them is one of those. You know, you add the water and it changes colour. And I accidentally put it in the dishwasher. I'm so sad. Why doesn't work anymore? It does. The, like the the um, colour the colour change, but it's peeling, and it's it just says nobody knows, and it's all black, and then you put hot water in it, and all of a sudden it's a rainbow, and it just says nobody knows I'm
0: gay. Love it, love
1: it. <laughs> and then I've got another one that just says I'm the rainbow sheep of my family, and it's got a little rainbow sheep on
0: it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so gay related both, but yeah, all, all, all good. They were with, gifts. Oh, good that. Gifts. Oh, I, I like gifts. You like <laughs> you like freebie. I like a freebie.
1: And yeah. I like gifts.
0: Yeah. So if you'd like your branded mug featured on the Kindness Project, just, <laughs> if, just it find, find Charlotte on Twitter, Charlotte J. Dames, just offer you off like often send her a mug and literally you're getting virtually free sponsorship <laughs> on quite a prominent podcast. I don't know how that happened. And it
1: will turn up in a uni cupboard somewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um if you'd like your mug featured on a podcast and then in a cupboard, um please feel free to get in touch. Um the official question of the podcast um, is, if you were a circus act, what would you be? Russ, what are you what are you be thinking about that question, mate? Lion tamer. Bearded <laughs> <laughs> lady. <laughs> would you,
1: That's my job, Russ. Right,
0: right. Lion tamer. What would you say to the lions to tamer? Here we go. Here we go. In the jungle, <laughs> <it> Um, sorry, could you? Uh, can you do it? <laughs> oh sugar, let me just have my tea so I can spill it. Go on. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the oh, lion, lion sleeps tonight. No, no you know what we need to do. You know what? Charlotte's <laughs> last date came through. Because rise and see it. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to do, right? Right, are you, are, are you ready? We're going to give it one more try, Rasmus, and see you get up. How more was A weird, ba a weird, ba a weird, ba a wee ba a weird, a wee ba Right, look. Lion-timer, a weird, ba Um Lion-timer is Rasmus. What's yours? Ow. I have a bearded
1: lady. What's
0: your bearded lady, Tom?
1: I just stand there with a beard on. Just that?
0: Uh, <laughs> what? You got you got a lion time. they giving you a full rendition of in the jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Right. Yeah, Come on, give me give me your bearded lady song. I've got
1: a beard,
0: not it? <laughs> <laughs> See, some people rise, turn up, and make an effort for this that podcast. That could be wine, couldn't it? Huh? I've got a beard. <laughs> Is it?
1: Right. Um, um,
0: DJ Bearded Lady. DJ DJ Bearded Lady. This has gone wrong again. This is going all over the show. Um DJ Bearded Lady. What do you what do you guys reckon I should be? A clown. I'll be your clown. As on this podcast. Anyway, let's end that. It's not as funny as uh, a wee bit wit a wee wit um, And we are moving... Oh, no. Can can you let everybody know where they can get in touch with us on the socials?
1: right So if you're looking for us on Twitter, it's at kindness. If you're looking for us on Facebook, search The Kindness Project into the search bar. If you want to find us on Google, search The Kindness Project podcast. Um, but if you want to go directly to the website, it's If you want to email us, it's www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. <laughs> Do we have any more socials?
0: No. That's it. So feel free to get in touch, and we would love to share um, your answers to the question of the podcast. Uh, and on that note, we have got... Now, now we've got two singers in the uh, podcast... Um, uh, uh present a family. Who would like to do the kindness news jingle? I'll do
1: it. Kindness
0: news A we a we a weird away a weird
1: boy
0: a weird job. Right.
1: I'm kind of I can just see my mother oh. cracking up.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of snoozy. a awee, awee, a wee awee, 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 awee. Here's the news, the mighty news. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the, I want to I wanna tell you a little story about a university who gives unexpected bonuses to all employees to say thanks for their service during COVID the chancellor of vanderbilt university is recognizing all the school's employees for their diligent work over the past two years with a surprise bonus in paychecks all of the eligible staff faculty and postdocs will receive a 1500 plan bonus in their paychecks at the end of uh, at the end of march that's 9000 workers including part-timers who are getting the bonus um it, it um Coincided with the university's 148-year anniversary, and the Chancellor, a guy called Daniel Dearmeyer, <laughs> expressed gratitude for the extraordinary efforts at those at the heart of the Vanderbilt's educational mission. You know what? Interestingly, I think you know, in our in my little world of financial planning, we had a incredibly lucky and fortunate and and, and not, even though it was challenging in parts, actually quite a smooth um, pandemic. You know, every business had, and, and then whatever profession you, you were in had challenges. But you look at the work that both teachers and people in the medical profession did, the reality is that they actually had to really, really... <laughs> did you just take your glasses out of my case (laughs) how did that happen she's trying to to pinch my glasses guys I I put them in there as a Um, a practical joke I'm getting a migraine
1: (laughs) I was was trying
0: to make a really serious point Um, so yes more than 7,000 undergraduate student students and 64,000 graduate sh- students were enrolled in the Nashville, Tennessee University last fall, um, and the guy announced it as part of a, a part of a YouTube thing. Well done to all those teachers! Um, amazing work in terms of uh, in in terms of um, in terms of getting that bonus and thoroughly deserving it. Um, next one is UK's most premature twins. Finally, go going home five months after be, being given zero percent chance of survival. Charlotte,
1: <laughs> you've almost drunk out of my mug there. The UK's most premature twins have finally headed home from the hospital five months after their birth, when they were given a zero percent chance of survival. <laughs> Harley and Harry Crane were conceived via IVF and were born at 22 weeks and five days. Babies born after only five months of development are not classed as legally viable, but the tough siblings clung to life and have amazed doctors. The 36-year-old mother, Jade, has spent the last five months at the side of her brave babies in the newborn intensive care unit at Queen's Medical Hospital in Nottingham. After trying to get pregnant naturally for three years, Jade suffered an ectopic pregnancy before the couple decided to start IVF in 2010. The miracle pair headed home to Derby this week for their proud mum and dad just two and a half weeks after their original due date. They're doing absolutely amazing. They're doing all the things that we were told they wouldn't do. They're crying and they're surviving. It's really emotional, said Father Steve, 52. 140 days ago, we didn't think we'd be here. They experienced three heartbreaking miscarriages on IVF, too. Steve and I have been together 14 years, and 11 of those have been spent doing IVF. The few bits of clothes that I did buy made me think that i better keep the tags on just in case. You just don't want to let yourself believe. When she was checked into the hospital on October 26, 22 weeks pregnant, the doctor kept saying it was a miscarriage, but Jade said it couldn't be because she could feel the baby's moving. A nurse explained after the birth why Jade couldn't hear the baby's cry, because it was born far too early. But then I heard this little cry. Harry did the same when he was born an hour later. The little cry sounded like a tiny kitten. The couple was told that the twins (coughs) weren't going to survive. After they were born, I was googling twins who survive at 22 weeks and trying to find any to give me hope. I found a tw- set of twins in America who had survived. They're four now. I've connected with their mum on Instagram and she guided me through the first few days of being in the unit and what to ask for. The babies were born lung- with lung and other problems and diagnosed with serious ger- mm, serious gastrointestinal problems, which can be fatal, and Jabe was told to prepare to say goodbye. Thankfully, the newborns have defied odds, and Harley finally joined her brother at home on Monday. They'll go down in medical history. I'm pretty sure they'll be having one of the wards named after them because everyone is just amazed by them.
0: Oh, what a lovely, lovely story. of you know, we, we, And again, part of our remit on the Clowness News is sharing stories of um, optimism against the odds, um, and that is just one absolutely brilliant example of that so thank you for sharing we're ready for the interview it's part three of george kinder george kinder if you haven't listened to the first part, uh, two parts of the interview yet uh, i'd certainly recommend you check out episodes 220 and 221 um george is quite an insightful chat right? isn't he yes he is. so listen to george he talks about the work he does at the Kinder Institute, his philosophies for a uh, higher level of civilization, and much, much more. Should we listen to the remainder of the episode?
1: Let's
2: do it. In the present. In the present, uh, we have never experienced a moment of freedom in the past. So why do we spend so much time studying the past? looking toward the future. I mean, they're valuable. It's not that they're not valuable, but why don't we spend an enormous amount of time mastering the present moment if that's where freedom lies, if that's where all of our experience is? And that's what mindfulness is. And you asked me what it what uh, it does for me. I, I think I live many more moments. I think I'm alive, I'm fresher, I'm more awake in many more moments of my life. And I do it mostly, uh, hugely in nature. So I do, I have a meditative practice where I'm primarily following the breath, the sensations of the breath, that my nostrils are at my belly. Um, but I also spend a lot of time in nature, moment by moment, trying to really be here. And um, so, uh, and, and then it makes me a better listener. Frankly, that's why I teach it in my trainings for financial advisors. Uh, I listen better because I've listened better in here to who I am.
0: Yeah, you've listened to yourself. Right? That's the thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 how important is that nature? I mean, certainly it's interesting during during lockdown. And I I. I'd openly admit to not being a great meditator, but during lockdown, my meditation was going out for a run, and we we are uh, we we at the house is on the back of a county park, so we've got plenty of green space uh, nice. at the at the back of the house, and it, it felt very, it nice. felt it felt very very peaceful to me to just go out for a run in in the in green space cuz how important is being in nature for you and, and meditating in nature
2: Huge, huge. The um, in the work we do, we do in life planning, we come up with a, a vision of who we want to be. And um, by the way, is our internet connection okay? Mine's bouncing around just a bit. Mine's a bit.
0: Uh, I think our one's a bit patchy, and that's probably the okay. reason why. While we're doing it, but I'm, I'll make sure that Raz in the edit fixes uh, whether whether we need to. Is that right, Raz? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs>
2: Cool. All right. Okay. Great. Uh, so, um,
0: <laughs> so so I think I think the question we I think the question we asked was uh, well, we, we, were, talk we were talking about mindfulness in nature,
2: right? So when I um, when we do our life plans, uh, when I did mine, when I uh, what happens is we come up with a vision that feels really extraordinary. And to me, when I came up with my vision, it never had my job in it. Mm -hmm. Most people have family in it very strongly. And as I've matured and had kids, it's had it in it. But I didn't have kids until I was in my 50s. So for a long time, it didn't even have family and children in it. The three things that were there were I I wanted to um, live in the weather, Was my term. I wanted to live in the weather, and that's nature. And the second thing was that I wanted to live a deeply spiritual life. And the third thing was I wanted to create illuminated manuscripts. And that's what I'm doing right now with this mix of photography and poetry. So but what I learned was that mindfulness looks at individual moments inside of us. It's watching sensations inside of us. Nature is the experience of sensations all around us. Aromas, the wind, the movement of the body, all of these things, the temperature, the moisture in the air, all of these things. Chris, they're the same thing. Whether you're following sensations in nature out there or you're following them in here, it's exactly the same thing. So living a profound life of mindfulness or a profound spiritual life is also living a life that is environmentally profound.
0: Sure, sure. And you talk about the sort of map of mindfulness in the in the government civilization. Um, what is that map of mindfulness, and how does it connect to the civilization we should be looking to build?
2: Yeah, well, that's a very profound question, and and something I'd recommend people looking up, uh, look up uh, either online or get the book Golden Civilization because it's complex. But I will give you a short version of it that I hope will work. When I realized that. Uh, I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? Kids know it. The only moment that's ever really existed is the present moment. When I really woke up to that fact, I realized that all our maps of time and space are like have this oval in them of, you know, and the future is out in, the, in one direction and the past is in the other direction. And you've got uh, spatial stuff going on there. And I thought, where's the present moment? If if the present moment is where we feel free, freedom, where we feel spacious, huge, uh, rich in our lives, where is that? And it it doesn't exist. It's ephemeral in in these maps of uh, time and space. So I thought, I'm going to make a map where the present moment is the center of everything and is the most important element of the whole map. And that's what I did with the map of mindfulness. And I made it like an hourglass. And civilization is the oval at the top of the hourglass. Mindfulness and the, of the present moment it's is where at, you are. Yeah. It's the point. It's the point right in the middle of that hourglass. And then down below is what develops. And this is what I think is most interesting for your kindness project: is that the more that you practice mindfulness, the more you're letting go of all of yourself preoccupations. You're letting go of all of your stories of yourself. So you're cultivating selflessness. And what that means is that you're actually cultivating kindness. And it's you're removal of ego, isn't it? It's like total you, removal you, of ego.
0: You said something really interesting where in your life plan, the job doesn't define you. And I think in Western society, we, we're, we're often linked to that status and role aren't we when in reality it means nothing does it it doesn't mean we're better people it just means we do a certain
2: job yeah
1: I mean you're like you're sort of, <laughs> sorry uh, you're sort of um, keen to sort of what want to know what you want to do from like the age of 13 14 because you've got to pick your choices and of your yeah. subjects and then As you go on, that subject to influence what subjects you can do from there. And then the subjects you take from there influences what kind of job you can get. So by the age of 13, 14, 15, you've already got to have your mind made up. It's it's really
0: really interesting. That's right. It's we're happy because Charlotte's got exams coming up, and, and and there's a pressure that comes with that. And we had a we had a conversation the other day where I said to Charlotte, um, uh, "Your exams, the success. You know, I want you to work hard, and I want you to do as well as you can. But the success of those exams don't define you as a human being. Um, and and even if you do well when you try hard, right." If you fail you get back up and try again, completely relaxed, but don't put and to Charlotte Blazer, it feels like there's a there's a lot on her shoulders in the minute. And I wanted to try and take that that off just by saying, look, you know, that the, the defining factors on you as a human aren't based on your exam results or the job you do. They're based on values and attributes and and things like that. Yeah, and it's the challenge we've got is I think in a conventional, traditional education system we don't teach those values enough, do we?
2: No, we don't. And and, the, uh, and we teach primarily uh, thinking and analytic skills as, spo- as opposed to experiential skills, yeah. wisdom, and uh, emotional maturity. Authenticity. Yeah. We do not teach authenticity yeah. at, at yeah. university. And uh, you, know, you can get it by reading and intellectually, you know, yeah. all of them have elements of it well, floating in. But-
0: I mean, I think part of the challenge is is education designed to teach people for the industrial age and we don't live in the industrial age anymore you know That's that right. that i don't think education's adapted as quickly as it probably needs to but we are I, I, hopefully we'll get there um so one of the other things you talked about in the golden civilization is habits um and the needs to change our habits what habits do you think we need to abandon and what do we need to adapt uh, uh, adopt
2: I I love the question, Chris. And um, um, as as I mentioned earlier, I think about, uh, I kind of order or organize in my mind right now, partly because I'm writing this book about it, that, um, that we are meant to live in three domains of freedom. We're meant to live in freedom. And as human beings. And, and there are way, different ways of, of thinking of that. I mean, you go to a, a culture that's very poor, and then think about it about earning more money, and bringing more money into their culture, and having more material freedom. It's yeah. very relevant. That's very important uh, as a stage of freedom in civilization. I, I think of it in three different ways. I think that um, uh, the, the subtitle of my book, the, the title of my book is The Three Domains of Freedom. The subtitles say at all. So, the first domain is, each moment is yours. And the second domain is, your life is yours. And the third domain is, civilization is yours. And so, the question is, how do we rob ourselves of each of those experiences? So, if we're not living each moment as as it is ours, that's the domain really of mindfulness. The more that we practice mindfulness, the more we're coming back to individual moments and learning that, hey, we can actually experience more of them and let go of the stuff that blocks us. So that's so that's letting go of the habits that take us away from being right here, right now is one habit. The second habit uh, that I would say is in regard to life planning. And there it's like what you're talking to Charlotte about, about, you know, what's the most meaningful, about what's most important. And I'd say even more important, if, Charlotte, for you to, to get life plan, to look at the three questions that I've, I've thrown out there in various books and things, or, or go to a life planner and, and just define what's that vision. You know, regardless of how you thought you were gonna go, what would be incredible life? What would be the best life for you? What would be the best life? And then you let go of the habits that are standing in the way of that life. So that's the second uh, domain of freedom. And the third domain of freedom is civilization. And here we all feel blocked, we all feel like we're second class citizens compared to the politicians or the oligarchs or the autocrats and we need to get over that the truth is that we've claimed democracy you guys in the uk have done more than any other culture in the world for that and in my in my opinion you know, in the history of, of humanity and uh, america's tried to pick up the the slack and and be a leader in it as well but we need to stand up and say no this world is our world and we're going to we're going to Speak out. We may just be a tiny voice, but the more of us speaking out, the more power we have, as we see in the Ukraine and as we as we are inspired by them to say, you know, our vision of democracy and a democratic freedom of a healthy planet, of a great civilization is one that we want to call out to and make happen. Yeah, so love we, and love let go that. of the habits that stand in the way of that. Love that. Right. So help me, I've got
0: a bit of a, I've got a bit of a paradox going on in my mind there. So so we're both planners, right? We look at future focus, right? So, so we are future focus. Um, But you've talked a lot about living in the present. How do you get the balance right? I don't think I am particularly successful at this, to be frank. How do you get the balance right between having that future focus for our own lives and the lives of our clients, but also making sure we live for today?
2: Yeah, I, I think that there is that, that mindfulness is profoundly important for all of us to take up a practice that is uh, twenty minutes a day and is coming back to the present moment again and again and again in a very narrow field, usually at the nostrils or at the belly. Just really narrow it down so that then you're seeing all the thoughts that get in the way, and you can do something about it. So the the question, this question of balance, is profoundly important. It's not that that our world of planning is unimportant, irrelevant, it's profoundly important to our life plans. You and I have a vision, Charlotte has a vision of what our lives are meant to be. That vision is looking into the future. It's drawing on the past and we're moving toward it. And if our vision is compelling and we're passionate about it, it it makes our life so much more meaningful. We we'll take action towards it, won't we? Yeah. So we take action towards it. But we, if we don't have this balance of living in the present moment, we get a little out of whack and we don't see things clearly and we don't see other people clearly and we do really not you know,
0: uh, I suppose the idea of life is having an enjoyable one every day isn't it not, that's, it, you know, every that's day. it if you're too you're too busy rushing towards this future life that you think is going to be enjoyable you're not taking
2: enough time to, to enjoy it today and mindfulness develops kindness yeah. because it develops selflessness so it brings more kindness into the fold. So the virtues in the map of mindfulness, virtues begin to permeate civilization the more that we do that kind of work.
0: So before we finish, George, and I, I, I know because I've read three of your book But share with um, Charlotte for me, please, if you don't mind, because I think she'll find it really useful. Those three questions that you talk about when you uh, when you help people
2: live plan, just share those with, with Charlotte for me. Great, great, great. So Charlotte, um, uh, you always answer them in order. The first one's just imagine you have all the money you could possibly want for the rest of your life, okay? All the money you need for the rest of your life. Maybe you're not as rich as JK Rowling or the Queen of England, but you've got all that you need, all right? So if you had that much resources, what would you do with your life? How would you lead your life? So that's question number one. Okay, so
0: that—that
2: <laughs> that, that, I, I, you know what I love, just. That. <laughs> I, don't, I just, I don't know that. Too, just that flow of frustration was amazing. <laughs> you know, you win the lottery. You got it. You know, you can do what you want. So that's question number one. Question number two is more serious, but play with that. Have fun with that. Imagine all the places you'd travel and who you would be and what you'd study and where you'd go. And would you Would you do work? What kind of work would you do? What would you, what would you really enjoy? So that's number one. Number two. Is um, uh, this is much more serious, and this is life and death. You go to the doctor, and the doctor says to you, "I'm so sorry, you have a rare ailment, and uh, you're, you'll be you'll live. You'll feel perfectly healthy for the rest of your life, but your life is going to be a short one. You only have five to ten years left to live." So what would you do if you knew that you had this limited time frame, five to 10 years, then what would you pour your life into? What would you do? What would be most important? And I'd spend five or 10 minutes on each of these questions and I'd write them down. And the third question is the most important of all. And it's the most serious one. So if you thought that last one was serious, this one starts the same way.
0: I was, I was expecting the blows to get bigger. But <laughs> the first one you went, and yeah. the, by the end you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, so the third <laughs> one is,
2: part, it gave me too many options. Uh, yeah, exactly. Too, too much too, choice. Uh, the third one, you go to the doctor, and this time the doctor says, I've totally blown it. Um, you know, they'd been, she'd been doing some tests and said, you know, I blew it. Um, you've had a rare ailment. And it's come to term. And you have 24 hours left to live. The question is not what would you do with your time. The question is thinking about all those things that you'd anticipated doing. All, all those things you'd anticipated accomplishing. All who who it was that you'd anticipated becoming. And writing down then, what did you miss? Who did you not get to be? What did you not get to do? And write that down. And that's the most important question of all. And our life plans are hugely. Around that particular question. But, they incorporate but, but, some of the other things, but they're hugely around that question. And, yeah. the,
0: and this is, I mean, this is part of the reason we do the kindness project, George, because as, as you said, a lot of this is about legacy, isn't it? You know, what do you want to leave behind in the world? Oh, um, um, and and certainly we're 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 sort of doing our little bit of, of doing it, and you've done amazing work as well. So thank you so much. I've learned a lot today. Um loved it. Oh no, Charles' I've got a question. Missed
1: the last question.
0: No, no, you Going to do the, oh, you're okay. gonna do the last question. I'll let Charlotte. Um, should we do some actually with George? Should we have a bit of fun? Should we do some questions of the podcast? Yes, certainly.
1: So, got quick so there.
0: actually, we've got we've got a couple of so what we normally do on the Kindness Project, George, is is to finish off an interview. With our audience, and just as a bit of fun, we normally ask uh, a random question every week. So we've got some amazing questions we like to ask. Bit off topic, bit random, but we'll give it a go. go. So Charlotte's going to ask the first one. uh, What is your favourite
2: joke? What is my favourite joke? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just... Uh, I just shared one the other day. You might not get it because it's language. It's maybe not my favorite one, but it's one that I just recently shared. And and you know how uh, in mathematics, we learn that two negatives yeah, uh, make it positive. Yeah. So there was this professor in New York City of mathematics, and he was asked by one of his graduate students, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I understand that two negatives make a positive. Is it ever the case that... Two positives make a negative, and the professor went, "Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: very good, very, very."
1: I do like your language.
0: Oh, Charlotte, really appreciate that one. Um, oh, that's an interesting one. If they made a TV show of your life, George, what would they call it?
2: <laughs> oh my golly! Uh, uh I, I don't know that about a TV show, but I, I hope that uh, my legacy is that uh people think that I've um I've encouraged them to be more of who they are. Yeah.
1: Um okay.
0: Shall, shall I want to say one?
1: Yes, yes, I would like
0: to. Are you thinking man?
1: Yeah. What
0: um uh, what's your favorite pizza topping?
2: What's my favorite what? Pizza topping. Oh, pepperoni! I'm I'm a meat lover. I, uh, pepperoni, yeah. Um,
1: so, do you have any inanimate objects in your house that you have named?
2: <laughs> oh, god! <laughs> Is that even on there? So I'll be with that. <laughs> that's an amazing question. So wonderful! What a wonderful question! My kids would probably come up with something that I've named. Uh, um, I used to call our refrigerator a video cassette recorder. Right. <laughs> Which are my four, or five, and six-year-old daughters thought was hilarious. Brilliant, brilliant. I
1: mean, I've been trying to push Frost to call the car Thor because well, it's an electric car.
2: So we've we've just
1: we've <laughs> just <Fair enough.
0: laughs> we've yeah. just we've just converted to a, 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 an electric car living in London. That makes sense, uh, and, and because of some of the sort yeah. of the environmental stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Charlotte's desperate to name the car, but um,
1: yeah. I, I want either Thor. Or Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> anyway,
0: on that note... No, Where yeah. can people find out more about more about your work, George, and and your books and the work you do?
2: Yeah. So there's there's two websites and one of them would be the thekinderinstitute.com, which is all about the financial uh, work that I've done, and the other one would be just simply georgekinder.com. And one of the cool things there, if they go on that right now, is you can get a free subscription in your email. Of my, of my newest book, which is uh, these beautiful photographs and poems of every week. But you'll also get uh, so you, you have to sign up for it, but it's free. And but you also get you'll get a description of all the books, uh, you know, all the different things I've I've done, photography, you know, whatever. Yeah, GeorgeKinder.com and KinderInstitute.com. dot com. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: We've loved having you as a guest and Mm -hmm. hopefully you've enjoyed it too.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. I want to hear about those three questions, What you come up with, Charlotte. Um
0: (laughs) Well, that was George. I'm sure you agree there's so much insight in terms of what George can give. Um, I hope you found it really useful. And we are nearly at the end because I'm waiting for one of you to go. Tisneer!
1: Podcast but the end is never true the end because the end is always the beginning. It's something entirely new.
0: OK, this is the point of last week's question in the podcast where Russell sang a song, wasn't it? <laughs> but he's done it early this time. Uh, last week's podcast was what travel destination is at the very top of your bucket list. Kevin Hole said Tonga and South Pacific. Carol Hussie say said she wants to go there too on the way to Australia. Caroline Thompson said Cape Town or Tanzania. Victor Sack said he wants to go to the Canadian Rockies. Uh, Steve Bart is in the New York and Maldives. Um, uh, Louise McNamie said, uh, "I love Singapore, apparently, because one of mine is Singapore, and India is the other place that she wants to go." Steve Dan, Steve from the gym, legend <laughs> that is Steve from the gym. skegness no, seriously, Bali, Maldives, and then Vegas. Uh, Eve Keith said, The Inca Trail to Machu Picchu. That sounds amazing, definitely. Alison Agan said, I'm a bit obsessed with Shetland at the moment, but I really want to go to Japan too. Victoria Elias said, Hawaii and Australia. Justin Gaffney said, Any of the Nordic countries. Ilyas Ayub said, uh, there's a long list at this stage. My travel bag is is very long. George Cartwright said Tokyo. Sharon Hur said Cape Town. Sam Chilton said the Lake District. Stacey Keene said Bora Bora. Sandra Collinson said the Isle of Sky, Australia, Thailand, and Hong Kong. Angela Anthony said Vienna. And Sue Konyu said Japan. So loads of great answers Can I check those for that. Twitter? Uh, loads of great answers for that. Nope. No, there wasn't. <laughs> uh, loads of great answers for that. Um, thank you for everybody of getting involved. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you next time, my friends, on the Kindness Project. Bye.
1: Bye.